Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Hello, well, hello and welcome to another episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast. Today I'm going to talk to you about why your kiddos snack so much, why they request snacks so much, and how to stop all the snacking and start being able to discontinue even the questioning, right? Of like, it's not just about the snacks, it's also about like the constant nagging of the snacks, right? So I have to tell you that I used to allow this like way, 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 way back in the day because it was a simple, easy fix to get your kiddos to stop nagging you, right? When you're exhausted and simply done and they want something to be able to occupy themselves, right? It's like, sure, here, just whatever, right? And I did not go anywhere without snacks. Like you name it, it was in every purse, every fanny pack, every backpack, every this, every that. Like I brought snacks plus snacks in case we saw someone we knew, plus the kids who we had decided to do a play date with, plus the ones that maybe the grandmother was hungry. Like that was me. Yeah. And I did it because I knew, like I said, it occupied them. It, it gave them something to do to the point where I look at my kids and I'm like, you guys, this is a very expensive trash can we are currently driving in. Can, can you look around you? Like there's stickiness all over the place. And that is because of all the stuff and the junk and the this and the that, right? Now I have two boys, so it's understandable that they're going to eat and need a lot like I've never seen in my life. Like I will get groceries on a Monday and they're gone by Wednesday. Like I don't think growing up in a household of my sister and I, it was like that. But I have learned over the years how to recognize what was going on with my kiddos as well as be able to support them, teach them, help them. And then of course, have them make really great choices of what it is that they are currently eating. So I hope to give you tons of information today about like why, right? Like why they're doing that and then how you can support them as well as what to do in those circumstances. Okay. So all things still apply. If you've listened to any of my other podcasts, like if you're going to do it, show up to the party. If you can't, I support you totally. Okay. When I first made this transition for the boys, it wasn't just about the snacks. I also stopped using a lot of gluten within my household. I for sure have an intolerance to gluten. And there's so much research that states that we don't really need it and our bodies don't need it. And if you have a monkey, right? If you have a kiddo who is either A, acting out, B, showing behavior, C, 
you feel like you are in a tornado and it's that kiddo who is constantly going and doing and this thing and that thing and jumping from task to task. I urge you to attempt to take gluten out of their diet. Now, my children eat whatever they want to eat. I'm not drill sergeant over here. Yeah, but I've tried to cut back. Okay. So how I did that was I decided not a food waster. Like I just, I can't stand it. Like I have a hard time throwing out leftovers. It's really hard for me. So I decided that if it was in the house, it's okay to eat. We're not going to like do an overhaul of the pantry, but once it's gone, it's gone and we're not taking it back in. Right. So then that forced me to start learning and understanding what was different choices or what I could get instead that was on the market or things like that. Right. Cause I hadn't fully done an overhaul yet. Yeah. So that's the first thing. The second thing is actually, right, why? Like, why are they constantly snacking? Okay, it's, it's a combination. First and foremost, they're doing it and it's perpetual because you're allowing it. I love you. I love you. And I know you're like maybe cringing inside and you're like, F you, but like it is. You're allowing it because it is the easy option when they're hungry or when they're needing something to do or when they're struggling or crying or like... It is such a go-to to be like, here, 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 here's a snack. Like here's something yummy in your tummy, right? And if you recognize that when it's happening, like I know you look at your kids and you're like, there's no way in hell you're hungry right now. Like there's just no way, right? Like there's just no way, but we still give it to them because of the tantrum. So if you're doing that, right, and we're showing up to the party and we're deciding to break that cycle, my recommendation to you would be go back to my tantrum versus meltdown podcast. I also have a workshop on my website, super, super cheap. That's like an hour and a half that like dives deep into all of it. Like, yeah. Like more than my podcast in terms of how to support tantrums and meltdowns. Okay. But let's take a step back. Okay. Like let's take a step back and I'm kind of actually reverse engineering it. Cause I'm kind of telling you about gluten and then I'm telling you that it's kind of you and all the different things, but why is your kiddo doing it? Like why? Think of it this way. Okay. What does it feel like to feel anxious? Like stop and take a moment to think about that. It kind of feels like glittery butterflies all in your stomach, right? Like maybe you, you feel this like twinging or urge, like it just feels really uncomfortable. Yeah. And what, parents and adults are not recognizing is chewing, chewing within your jaw, chewing within your body. Like that is a form of sensory regulation. Okay. So the movement and the crunching and the deep pressure within your jaw and in your teeth, that is a means of regulating your nervous system. So if your child is feeling hunger, they're going to use their jaw to chew it. Hunger in your stomach kind of feels like anxiety, right? It kind of feels like all those butterflies in your stomach. So what people don't realize, and this isn't just actually relating to children, like it, it relates to all of us and why we build patterns of emotional eating. And it's because it satiates our nervous system when we're heightened. It is a way and a coping skill to regulate your nervous system. Yeah. So when I started diving deep into this particular stimuli, okay, into 
interoception of, of understanding if you're hungry or not and really tapping into that and really doing a lot of the work. A lot of times I'm patient, you know, a, where I, I test all the water before I help and give you all the details and advice of like what worked, what didn't work, right? Myself and my children. And when I really leaned in to listen to my eating patterns, what I recognized was that I was munching when I was super anxious or needed to move through a lot of thoughts. Yeah. I, when I had a heightened state or was stressed out about work or nervous or this and that, I found myself wanting to munch. And then I went to, once I started moving through that part and piece of that stimuli, then I started going to gum. Yeah. And I started needing to put gum next to me at my table on my desk in case I was having a hard day or a hard week. Yeah. And some days I would just be typing and working away while chewing and chewing and chewing and like I couldn't go through it enough. Yeah. And because of the awareness that I brought to that and really leaned in and focused in on that part of my brain for a pretty long time to kind of see, you know, the parts and pieces like I I track nervous systems. That's what I do for a living, right? To see how long it took. I don't ever need gum anymore. I don't ever crave needing to munch, right? So the point of me explaining to you that on the adult side is we're building patterns within our children's brain from a really young age. So if we're allowing them to, when they feel like they have anxiety and they don't recognize that it's anxiety and instead they're asking for a snack and we're saying, sure, you can have another snack. Like, I don't really know if you're hungry. I guess you are. Okay. Like, I don't want you to starve, right? Like we don't want our kids to go hungry. So sure, if you're hungry, here's a snack, right? That's creating patterns in the brain to teach our children that that is the satiating mechanism or coping skill to be able to move through emotions and feelings rather than verbalizing them. Something is clearly going on, right? And then once we get that positive, right, feedback loop within our brain of like, ding, 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 I can satiate that, they're going to do it again and again and again and ask for it. So I know I kind of reverse engineered this, but like I said, if you're going to show up to the party and stop all the snacking, I want you to do it, to do it from a lens of tantrums, right? They're going to be like, but I don't understand. Like you've given me snacks in the past and they may even like drop and roll on the floor and start having a whining fit, right? And that is where we can crouch down, look them in the eye, let them like have their moment, like stay silent, just stay silent. Yeah. There's no use in you trying to combat that. Just listen to it. Yeah. Let them have their moment. And then you say, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for sharing. I really wish you could have that right now, but we're going to eat dinner really soon. What we can do is I can write your name on this goldfish package and I can put it up all the way at the top of the pantry and I can save it for you tomorrow. Now it, it might start over, right? Like they might go right back into that tantrum mode again. I want you to do the same thing. Like over and over and over. The first time you do it, it may take about three times where they're like, there goes the ensuing of the crying, right? I just went through the whole shebang and now you're doing it again, right? But that pattern will be built. The other step I would love for you to take is to talk to them. Like, how do you feel right now? I feel really hungry. Oh, wow. Where do you feel that? I feel it in my belly. Oh, you do? What does it feel like? It feels like butterflies. Ooh, huh? wow. Well, what I'd love to know is, is there anything going on? Would you like to talk about anything, right? 
Or if they're really, really young, you can think about what is about to happen or what just happened or what is to come and think, huh, maybe they're going through a transition or, ah, maybe someone, you know, play date or this or that or a birthday party, like whatever it is, right? Maybe that's the reason they're asking for more snacks. Maybe it's just patterning. They're used to getting it. And so you just keep giving it, right? Because we don't want them to go hungry. But the the important part to understand here is our kiddos need to learn how to talk. Our kiddos need to learn how to verbalize. In today's world, it's all about social media. And, you know, I was looking online earlier today on Reels on Instagram and TikTok and everyone, some people, you know, talk about how if you want to get noticed, like do this audio or if you want to do this, do that. And now it's saying to find Reels that are like under five seconds or this or that. So not only is it we like to go fast. Now it's got to be like fast as, as Houdini and, and boom, like that. Right. And so we are teaching our kids that finality and giving them what they want super fast. And your brain probably functions on that too, right? Like you have built that pattern and loop within your brain of, Oh, that feels good to watch something. Oh, that feels good to watch something. Oh, that feels good to watch something. It's the same thing. That's visual stem, right? It's the same thing with eating. Oh, that feels good to chew. Oh, that feels good to chew. Oh, that feels good to chew. So the other options, by the way, that you can give your children, there are so many options out there, but Chewy Tubes, I have them on my Amazon page. Um, and there's so many different brands and there's so many different thickness too. Yeah, they have ones on Amazon that you can get that are like, unicorns and Legos and butterflies and dog tags and this and that. There's also other companies that specialize in these chewy tubes that the strength of the actual material is stronger than the others, depending on how much your kiddos are chewing on things. Yeah. So a lot of times my kids, like I said, don't snack as much anymore, but the first sign for a lot of the kiddos that I see is chewing on their shirt, chewing on their fingers. Yeah. It's another one for you too. Like if you're a nail picker or nail biter, that's all sensory regulation. You're attempting to regulate your nervous system through picking your skin or through chewing, right? Through emotional eating, through biting your lip, biting your skin on your nails, nail biting, right? Like chewing on your shirt. I don't know, chewing on your pen cap. That's another big one, right? That's all through our jaw, all of it. Yeah. And it all matters because it helps you understand the side of snacking, right? And it is okay to teach our children that our stomachs can feel hunger because then when they feel hunger, then they're actually going to eat the food that you've prepared. And how many times have you given your kid three snacks because you just want them to stop crying or stop bothering or leave you alone, right? Like not bother you, excuse me. And then you're like, okay, here's dinner because you just want to get dinner done, right? Like don't bother me. Let me finish dinner. And then you put it down. They don't need a single bite. Yeah. We have to understand that food is for nourishment to fulfill our body and our mind and our brain. And it's it's a beautiful, healthy thing, but it's not to satiate an activity. Yeah. And very much within our social climate and our social world, it is a social activity, right? Sit down, talk, communicate, share, get to know each other or touch base for the day, right? Family meals, all the different things. It is a very big social gathering. Yeah. So we have to 
start those patterns early with our children and understanding really healthy, beautiful ways of utilizing food. Yeah. It's not to satiate an emotion. It's to support our brain and our body. Yeah. The other thing too, like I said, with the chewing of the gum, if your child is old enough, talk to them. Like I said, talk to them about the emotion of like, how are you feeling? Yeah. Well, I think that we're going to wait until dinner or I think we're going to wait until lunch. Right. But how about a piece of gum? Right. And you can allow them and see if that supports them enough to give the feedback, right? That pressure within their jaw is feedback into the brain. Yeah. It's just like deep pressure. Okay. Into the muscles. When I talk about sensory input, think about input into your body. You need to feel it. Yeah. And so the jaw, that pressure, it's a joint. And so if they can feel it, their brain can move through whatever they're moving through. Yeah. So like for you too, if you are moving through a lot and processing a lot or going through a really hard season of your life, attempt to chew gum while walking and going on long walks. Yeah. And see how much you regulate as well as process through that experience while being able to give feedback into your body, that movement and all the different things. Yeah. I find that we just pick up a bag of this and that and then watch TV and boop, boop, boop. And I did it as a kid too. I, I'm not kidding you. My parents used to have two couches, kind of like an L and I would lay on the couch with my feet up with a box of Cheerios and it would sit on the floor and I would just reach my hand down, grab and boop, and then chew while watching. So it's satiating the physical movement within your body that it's needing while also watching the TV, which is visual stim. And that actually, you guys know, I tell you all about this. It increases and revs your engine, that visual stimulation. Yeah. So probably the munching is trying to counteract the visual stimulation, stimulation, excuse me, so that we can move past what is trying to attempt to regulate our nervous system or rev that engine. Yeah. So make sure that we are taking care of our kiddos from that lens and understanding that our mouth has so much, like it just, it's a lot because especially for our kids, right? Because they first start, boop, they come out and they, they latch right away onto a boob or a bottle nipple or, or something, right? And so they're using that sucking motion, which is a primitive reflex. It is supposed to happen, yeah? And eventually that goes away, but you have to also understand that, that was the first way that your child, all of us, literally unilaterally all of us, first learned to regulate our nervous system. That's it, through our mouth. And so there is so much to be understood about our jaw and our sucking and our emotions of all of that because it allows you to regulate so much. And that's probably one of the strongest patterns within your brain that you have built because, right, it has happened from such an early age, from infancy. Yeah. So all of you who are like, how do I get rid of the binky or the pacifier, this or that, like that is possibly traumatic for your child because- they are self-soothing with that, right? When Jonathan and I were in the midst of a divorce, Charlie used to take, okay, his pointer and his middle finger, all right? And he would flip it turned up to the ceiling and then he would place it in his mouth 
And then with his thumb, <laughs> rewind this and try to do this, right? With his thumb and fourth finger next to the pinky, he would grab his stuffed animal and he would rub it. Yeah. So he was sucking and rubbing all at the same time. And eventually that teddy bear, it had like a sweatshirt on it. It was actually mine. My grandmother gave it to me and he just wanted the sweatshirt. Like that's all he wanted. He didn't want the teddy bear. And I'm telling you that sweatshirt was a string and it got thrown out because it didn't look like anything we needed. It looked like trash. Eventually someone did not recognize that that's what that was. And it was like, oh, once it's gone, it's gone. But I waited a while. Like I knew Charlie needed it. Okay. I knew Charlie needed it because he was going through so much emotionally that I allowed him to have it even past the time when I felt it was really okay for his palate. Yeah. The roof of his mouth and his palate and teeth kind of did shift, but they're shifting back and it's okay. All the different things. Yeah. That is how my all this stuff with our jaw and snacking and emotional eating and sucking and regulating it. Like that's how much it matters to, for you to understand how your child's brain ticks, right? Like the sensory profile that I give, you will understand from the lens of if it's your children really crave, yeah, oral, or if they really crave auditory or if they crave visual or if they crave deep pressure, right? It tells you that on the sensory profile, it is the coolest information to know for your child that then you can watch their behavior and support it rather than shame it, right? So also too, with biting their shirt, right? Like that's a sign. Yeah. So if I've told you a lot about Charlie, but let me tell you about Eli, right? So Eli, if something was going on because we broke all the little snacky stuff, right? If there's anything ever going on with Eli when he was younger, literally his entire, like all five fingers would go in his mouth. And I was like, okay, like what's going on there? Yeah. As well as he will chew and Eli's younger, he will chew on his shirt and it stopped. It actually stopped for years, but Eli is in a big transition year. He's in kindergarten this year, as well as, you know, like I've said, the first year of Jonathan passing was really a whirlwind. And this year, I like to say the dust is settling in a really hard way, which means a healing way. Yeah. Like it's kind of all soaking in for them and for me and all the different things that that entails. And so between those two things, I know right? Because I know what's going on in our life. And I know that's one of the first signs of something emotional going on for Eli. He is processing something through his mouth. Yeah. And so what do I do? I offer him gum. But if we didn't stop the snacking all along the way, he would have built that patterning to then continue to ask for it over and over and over and over and over again. And it has nothing to do with hunger, I'm not saying deprive your children of food. Like I'm not doing that at all, right? Like this is to be able to work with them and see when we do feel that they are hungry, when it is time to eat, right? Rather than eating all the snacks and the junk, let's get some healthy food in our body. Yeah. The way that I look at food is the closer to the earth, the healthier. Okay. So like if anything is in a plastic wrapped bag, like that's not from the earth. That's a whole bunch of shebang in there. Yeah. And so I want to make sure that my children are getting nutrition. I want to make sure that their bodies are feeling strong so that they can 
do all the things they want to do with extracurriculars and at school and with me. And like, that's very important to their brain and their body health. Okay. So if you are finding that your kiddo is snacking a lot, first thing is check in to see what's going on within your family life. Okay. Now this may be patterning that you have created from when they were super young and I was a snack mama, right? I already told you that. I had it all in my bag all the time, all the places, all the ways. I mean, I probably, oh God, it's, uh, we do, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm a reformed snacker for my children. <laughs> it's okay if that's where, but start to take a look at what that can look like and what you want it to look like. Yeah. Are they snacking because they're really hungry or are they snacking because that is satiating their nervous system. And then after that, start to take a look at what you would like for it to look like. What you would like for that to look like after, right? Taking a moment to kind of gauge the situation. Yeah. So it's going to either be patterning that they're used to it or there's something going on emotional that they're just kind of ramping up and wanting all of that. Okay. The other thing too, and you know this, um, we do sugar. It's totally fine. I limit the amount of sugar because I totally see the difference in my kids' behavior. But, and again, I have little awesome monkey boys, right? So I, anything to help me tame that is, is, is a-okay in my book, right? So check in with how much sugar because the sugar then wants to promote more, right? When you get a crash and burn, you're going to want more and more and more. So if you can take that out as much as possible, they won't have that, right? The other thing, like I said, is to Start to notice when it's happening. Start to notice if it's because they're bored, if they are upset, if they like a lot of like bored, right? In in the car. Yeah. Like how many of you like make sure you constantly have snacks in the car so that you can drive safely, right? It's so crucial to understand all of this and be aware of it. And if you do, then you can decide when it's necessary, when it's not, when you want to allow it and when you don't. And it, and it doesn't really matter to me, right, what you decide in terms of what this looks like for you and your family thing is that you're happy with your kiddos intake in terms of, like I said, if you're making an entire meal and they are not eating it, what is the point of expending the energy, right? If they've just had four snacks and goldfish and this and that, like, my kids can go through a bag of pirate's booty in like 30 minutes. Like, let's get real, right? Like it goes like that because it's mind-numbingly munching. Yeah, I'm not even quite sure when they're watching TV and moving their jaw and eating something if they're actually tasting it. I know when I was a kid, having that experience, looking back on it and like bringing it all together for me when I was doing a lot of research and work on the stimuli of, of movement in our mouth and our jaw and all the different things and taste, yeah, is... I, I really do remember, like, I don't, I, I couldn't feel the hunger. I couldn't feel any of it. I just wanted to be moving something in my body while watching TV because it was almost like I was bored. Like, I wanted two things to do. I wanted to watch TV and do something at the same time. Hence, probably why you're scrolling your phone and watching TV. How crazy is that? Because I know so many people do, right? So, again, take a look, like kind of take a, take a step back, give yourself some data to work with, then make a plan, decide why and how and what, right? Like, what do you want this to look like? Why do you want it to look like this and how to go about it? Yeah. And then boom, 
commit, right? If you're going to show up to the party, show up to the party, know and trust that it will take some time, but the consistency of it is key. They will get used to it. Okay. During COVID and lockdown, I have shared this master schedule with all of my clients and it's in one of my awesome new workshops called go the F to sleep because you have to learn to regulate from basically after school down to bedtime. Yeah. But I created a whole master schedule during the lockdown and that was through trial and error of really doing a lot of research and data and collecting data from my own kids and myself and like trying to see the waves of how we naturally, yes, it's true. We know how to naturally regulate our bodies. However, the world around us tells us to do otherwise of we need to do this or we need to do that or we have to do this or we have to do that. Kids have it easier, right? Because think about it, like eat, sleep, poop, go back, you know, do the same thing again, right? Like they have a rhythm, but you can create that with your child. So during lockdown, I recognized like the snacking was too much. We were filling that as like something to do, right? And all the different things. So they learned, like they learned that this is how it was going to go. And we were going to do one snack during snack time, right? I built a schedule during that lockdown time for myself. And then I passed it on to my nanny and it worked. They got in the groove. Now, the reason they got in the groove, and I've said this before, but our brain thrives on structure, stability, and control. And when you give it that structure, stability, and control, your brain actually doesn't have to work as hard. So when your brain is not working as hard, it's then on autopilot and it saves room for the other areas of your life or things that you need or want to do, right? With that brain power, right? So the consistency of your child knowing when it's lunchtime, when it's dinner time, when it's snack time, when it's this, when it's that, that is wonderful, right? You are not starving your kiddos. You are teaching them the value of consistent routine. And that's a beautiful thing to teach that brain because then they can move on to learning new and wonderful things, right? If it's staticky and if it's right. So I explain a dysregulated, dysregulated brain is basically like a static ball, like right? Like that, where you can't make a decision. You don't know how to function and you don't want, know what's up and down and right and left and all the different things, right? So that may be why your kiddos like grabbing snacks all day, right? And it's because we have allowed it. Yeah. So if you can help them understand when we do and when we don't eat or when we get a snack or what that snack looks like or what's okay or what's not or this or that, yeah, you can then be in the driver's seat and help support your child. Yeah. We're not going to starve them. I want to say that as over and over and over and over again, right? That's not the point of this. It's the overarching theme of constant chronic, chronic snacking. Yeah. We're going to decrease that because we want our children to have really beautiful, healthy intake and understand a really great balance of what it looks like to have a relationship with food. And the last thing I will touch on before we wrap up is there is so much talk, especially about food, body image, and having that healthy relationship with food. And it's such a crucial, important conversation, right? But if we can teach our children to feel hunger and understand what nutrition is and what is right? From the ground and what is healthy for our body and why and all the different things. You don't have to worry as much about, well, are you going to eat that? Or like, I look fat or that like, you don't have to worry about it because you've taught them a healthy relationship with food because you've discussed it. 
right? You're, you're having them understand it. And we need to have them be able to learn that interoceptive piece of their nervous system, right? The interoceptive piece of, am I hungry or not? Right? That's the crucial part of this. Am I hungry? Because if we can create that pattern of I am or I am not hungry and they can learn how to self-pace themselves, you're not going to have to worry about so much of the body image issues and, and all this stuff that's just so out there, right? Because they understand their relationship with food is about hunger and non-hunger, not about how we look and what we want to look like versus what we do look like and all the different things because they're eating when they're hungry and they're not when they're not hungry. And that's all that they necessarily need for their brain and body, right? I talk about how your body and your brain is your compass and it will tell you, like it will tell you when you need to poop. It will tell you when you need to pee. It will tell you when you're dysregulated. You'll snap at your kids, right? It will tell you, it will tell you. But if you just keep going of like, oh, it's, it's okay, it's breakfast time. Like, what's for breakfast? Oh, it's lunchtime. All right, what's for lunch? Oh, it's, it's dinner time. And you're like, am I even hungry? Like, am I even hungry? Right? We're just doing what we're supposed to be doing because of what? Social norms, right? So we have to teach our children interoception of understanding, right? How do you feel? Ask them how it feels in their body. Gauge it, Yeah you can decide whether if they just had a thing of goldfish and they're wanting a third, right? Like, but dinner's in 30 minutes, it's okay, right? Like there's no humanly way possible if they just say two bags of goldfish, that third, but like, there's no way. There's no way. There's just no way, right? But it's okay also for them to feel that hunger and for 30 minutes, right? I'm not telling you to starve them for five hours, like 30 minutes for them to feel what it feels like to be hungry. So that then they can boop, eat. Yeah. My kids have done this naturally as I've taught them. And I have an eight and five-year-old and they're asking for adult sized burgers. I'm like, okay. All righty then. Sometimes they finish it. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. But it's okay to allow them to try to gauge that and figure that out for themselves and start learning what it feels like to feel full and versus hungry. Yeah. And I promise you the snacking will stop and, and dissipate and they will be able to feel into it on their own, right? But first comes the intuition of you being able to teach them sensory-wise what is going on in their brain and body to understand the interoceptive piece of hunger, right? So if you have any questions, DM me. I would love to talk more about this. And I hope this was helpful. Like, I hope you understand it. There's so much depth here, right? I could do a whole podcast on emotional eating for adults and parents, right? And I probably will one day. So, but next time, keep munching on that gum. XOXO, Dr. V.